I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 50, got Ben in the house as always. 5-0, man. 5-0 is big, man. That's a big deal. You know what? What my I, I talked about this before when you got here. My plan is to do to other podcasters what Josh Allen did to us over this weekend. <laughs> Yo, that was bad, bro. I watched a lot bad. of Bill Belichick coach games. That was yeah. that was the least prepared I've ever seen the team show up. That was bad. Shout out to Buffalo, though. I mean, listen. Yeah, no, they, execution and who wants it more. Exactly. When you can manhandle the other team, you deserve to win the game. I stopped watching after the halftime. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to do to podcasters. They're going to stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to stop watching at halftime because we're going to continually keep moving this ball up and down. But episode 50, man, here we are. Let's do it, bro. Let's do it, man. We got a really exciting episode for y'all today. What's up with your boy, Jack? What's up? <laughs> Maulers, man. Oh, oh um, for two. I think, yeah, maybe not. I haven't been on Twitter as much. Yeah. I'm not really on um, it seems like people are kind of noticing what yeah. everybody else is kind of noticing. I that saw it, that tweet. It's getting kind of strange, right? Uh, yeah. But I, all right, we have he, this. We have this thing, thing in Bitcoin. Unchain Capital does it. Whatever. It's you know, fiat markets sleep. Bitcoin never sleeps. Cool. Let's keep that in mind when I'm about to say. So strike. I go from Cash App because I wanted to pay somebody, and you know, most people use Strike on their Twitter. Went from Cash App, Bitcoin, not fiat, to a Strike wallet address. Confirmed, I'm, well, the notification showed up right away. It took three days for me to be able to access this Bitcoin. Not Inst- this fiat. Instantaneous. Maybe Border- I'm missing the argument. Borderless. Maybe, maybe what they're saying is, is that whenever you de- receive Bitcoin, it automatically gets turned into fiat? I didn't choose that, though. That's I strange. sent to a Bitcoin address. Yeah, why is it being converted anyways? Because I think that's the experience they're trying to say. We can instantly do it. Yo, instantly, I hate when companies use the word instantly but don't really know what instantly mean. Mm. Three days is not instantly. Yeah. Four hours is not instantly. But I'm willing to roll with four hours. I was very... It's weird. This is the first time I've ever sent Bitcoin into Strike. So once again, maybe I'm missing the exchange here. But is it a a coincidence that it's happening with all this this conversation about Jack and and shitcoins and and all this stuff? And I don't know. Uh, This episode is definitely not towards that. But I wanted to bring that experience up. Yeah, that's fair game. Following up from last week. And I would understand because I know people listening are probably like, oh, it's because they have to like, they're banking, uh, which is probably like, um, what's that bank? Um, Bank. No, like one of those like banks, Sutton, Sutton Bank, one of those banks that messes with these Bitcoin companies, they do folded. So I get it. The fiat transfer of that Bitcoin probably will take the fiat market because it needs to be converted on the books, whatever. Not when I sent to a Bitcoin address, though. And not when the original source of it was Bitcoin. Yeah. Why do, why? why do I need this app then? Right. Like, what are you doing that's, I don't know, besides 5% off Pay With Moon and Bit Refill? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, we, we hinted at it last week where maybe Strike is aimed more at international and uh, where you can't get Cash App. You know what I mean? And, like, that's their market. So, but it, it's still, I, still yeah. weird. Uh, yeah, right. I, I don't know. It's... You got to have the same energy. When you have, let's be broad here. When you talk about last year, a lot of the people felt, I wasn't there, so I'm just going off of the, the vibe. A lot of people felt that the Bitcoin conference was a shitcoin conference. Oh, yeah. I heard a lot of that. Okay. Like, he was the highlight of that conference. Yeah. So, is it, I guess, when it comes to business, I guess, is it okay to shitcoin? Like, is that what you guys endorse in that sense? And yeah. and I know the Jack back then and the mission that they won with El Salvador was not a shitcoin mission. That was a legit. Right. But we talked about it last week. They seem to not be offering what they offered. El Salvador seems to be a different product than Argentina. Yeah, or and, just a fumble of a rollout. Yeah, and then now I use the app in a way that I think when you talk about rails and all this stuff, um, I use the app in a way that you think a Bitcoiner would use the app. I sent Bitcoin to a damn address and I want to use that Bitcoin to do something else with it. Immediately. Yeah, 10 block, 10 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Like, whatever. Give yeah. me, you know, let, let, yeah. let's go with the Bitcoin protocol. Three days. Three days is not Bitcoin protocol. That's a fiat protocol. Um, thankfully, it happened on a, 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 a holiday, which was yesterday. So I guess that's better than waiting till Tuesday. But 
Three days. Three days. Yeah. It's Bitcoin. It's, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that needs to get fixed. I don't want to focus on that. This episode is probably going to be built around value for value. Yeah, man. Um, November 2020, value for value was introduced to me through Adam Curie. Um, it just made sense. It just made sense. No pun intended. You can give people sense. It just made, it was like, what? Like, that's interesting to me, right? And then at the time, I had my other podcast and, you know, I, I found it extremely difficult of a pill to swallow to try to recommend people stuff that I didn't need. Advertisement, things like that, that I don't use. Like, the morality of that. And you know I'm big on that. I've always talked about it. Whether that leads to my demise or whether it leads to my flourishment, it's a, it's a thing that I have. It matters, right? I mean, it's it's annoying when I'm listening to certain podcasts and there's yeah. five minutes of ads to start the show and another four minutes of ads midway. It's you annoying. Can, you can call out the what people would say, the GOAT Joe Rogan on that. Listen, yeah. I... Just, <laughs> I pay for the premium Spotify for the family. Yeah. I still get advertisements. Why? That's Why? That's yeah. it. And, they're long. and then the funny thing is, like, Joe, you don't use this, Joe. Yeah. You don't use this, Joe. They're cutting a check, man. I, get, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Especially for what we talk about, like <clears throat> individuals like Joe that don't need the, the revenue. Oh, absolutely. Like, fam, you miss. Yeah. All right, you lose a deal. All right. Yeah. Come on, man. So that's when that Adam Curie, which is actually really close to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan calls Adam Curie the podfather. Uh, uh, Adam Curie, I don't know his details, details. But he's always this like free thinker guys. He was an MTV VJ when that was a thing way back. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he, he kind of like took broadcasting by storm. And he was very early to podcasting if he wasn't the first one. Um, and, you know, he's just been doing it. No agendas. This podcast, this isn't a plug. I listen to it on and off. It's a great show. Um, he's on Rogan a bunch of times, blah, blah, blah. So what they figured out is this, is they were able to embed. They were very early on this. They were able to embed lightning invoices inside of the like RSS feed, the XML for your feed, for your podcast feed. Those of you that don't know, and maybe, you know, a little bit later on, we could get into this. An RSS feed is just, you know, you're sending your, your broadcast out and any app or any software that can read RSS feeds can pick you up and they can listen to you. Um, so he was very early on to that. But what they figured out is that like now through, you know, no remittance payments, right? Like there's like easy railway to go back and forth for money. Now you can send people pennies if you really felt that that was it, or you can send them a lot of money. Um, and they were ahead on that. They called their podcast index. That's where you were able to onboard to 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 get to the podcast to like for them to help you set up your podcast. It's probably gotten much easier since then. Um, and they did a whole separate podcast about it. So they educated the people. Like they were like, "Yeah, listen, pod, you know, like it was his show, and then one dedicated to podcasting 2.0. So podcast index was the thing. 2.0 was the model of value for value, which is mm -hmm. like, yo, you jump on or whatever. Anyways. It was hard. Um, I, I want to speed up through that whole story because it's one of those stories that, you know, I, I had to get a node. I had to learn what lightning was. I had to go through all this, like, difficult stuff, which I agree, it was difficult. Um, and then ultimately, nobody knew how to send me sets. Right. It, it was just like, oh, cool, man. Like, what is that? First of all, people don't know what sets are. Mm -hmm. And then the other hurdle of, like, well, how do I do it? How can I send it to you? Yeah. Um, that's still a problem. Right. That example I gave with Strike, mm -hmm. I was trying to send somebody lightning through Twitter, which they recommend using Strike. I mean, th that was the big deal, hoopla about it, right? First things first, maybe I programmed this differently. First things first, they didn't ask me for Strike, they asked me for Blue Wallet. I have Blue Wallet installed, but mm -hmm. I've never told them that Blue Wallet should be the default to do this. Yeah. Fine, whatever. They gave me the option, they didn't give me the option to switch to Strike, but they gave me the option to copy the, the, the Lightning invoice. So I did that, and then I went over to Strike and did it the long way. Or whatever. But my whole gist is that Lightning, even on a platform like Twitter, which is, is, is still extremely difficult to kind of, it's not difficult, but you need to know how to do it, the flow, in order to get it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's that was the difficulty till recently. And this isn't a shameless plug, but I know at the end of every episode, at least for the past three months, I continue to tell people, hey, Fountain App, Fountain App, Fountain yeah. App. Um, that's not because this is an ad. Matter of fact, we pride ourselves in being ad-free. Yeah. Um, this is more use one of Jack Mahler's railways this is like that railway that connects the average person to Jose and now the average person doesn't need to do much but click a few buttons thanks to Fountain App to be able to like first of all experience it because I don't know about you the first time I sent somebody some sats like especially in podcasting I was like yo this is cool as hell so like not only you know is Fountain App providing that gateway to go that way but the other one for me alleviating the difficulty of me having to explain lightning to people. Oh, no, well, look, you got to get a lightning one. You got to get moon. You got to get whatever. Moon. Yeah. I'm, I'm, moon. This year, I promise. 
this year I promise we're going to get down to the bottom of his Mun and Moon. And if 90, 99% probably think it's Moon. I'm rolling with Mun. I'm going to die on that hill. But anyways, you got to do this. You got to do that. Now with apps like Fountain, it's like, oh, no. It's like You can send from one of those apps, but it all happens in here. We create a wallet for you. It's a really smooth experience. And then they make it intuitive. So not only is it a good feeling to support your favorite podcaster, but they do like the you know celebrity stuff pops up. Not celebrity, like confetti uh, pops mm-hmm. up. Like they, they make it interactive. That's it. They allow you to... That dopamine release. I know this sounds like an ad, but it's yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's like when new technology starts to, like those very early on apps are the ones that open it up for people. And I've known this verbatim. Like I've told people, check out Fountain App and they're like users now. Like they're mm-hmm. users. And that's really freaking cool. Um, but that's to say that we need the developers to be able to like make these experiences happen, but even care about it. Because I gave my story about, and I'm gonna stop listening. I'm gonna stop blabbing so y'all could get a show here. Uh, I went back to my story to begin to explain to the like, it's been a journey, but I think this is the year where we start seeing lightning. We talked about it inside of browsers, inside of different apps like Tidal. I think this is where it becomes normal, and I'm not, you know, by pleb for plebs. Yeah, I'm gonna give, you know, Tidal props if they're the first mainstream app. To you know, allow lightning or whatever. But the people working on this stuff underneath, those are the innovators because they took a chance. So, it, you know, in a little bit here, what I'm going to try to do is reach out to Oscar from Fountain App, and, and he's the developer of Fountain App. Fountain App is the app that I'm talking about here now. And what I really want to pick his brain about is that, like, does he feel that he's actually opening gateways or he, does he just like making apps? Like, it's just one of those things. But I, I think it's important. What do you think about, like, your experience with Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. And how hard UI has been for Bitcoin, and how what what how has it been since then? Yeah, um, I mean, in terms of like just your user experience, using having to have a physical node, like just setting that up is difficult. So to have to set up hardware or any you know third party accessory just to send Lightning on an app, like that's crazy talk. That's like yeah. it seems old. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Fountain App using in any, you know, title, whoever is going to integrate Lightning into that. So immediately at one click, I can send whoever I want, wherever they are in the world, value. Yeah. Game changer. Without getting, yeah. Even, like, there's viral videos of people on the internet where, you know, someone's an artist, but he doesn't really have an audience. And so someone famous comes over and says, hey, let's, let's, um, let's sell his art. Or, hey, let's collect some tips for this man. And, like, I've seen people sell $50,000 artworks, and then I've seen people take, like, 25000 in donations. So, like, the idea that, like, you can gain an audience, I've heard multiple stories of people going from zero to a million subscribers on YouTube. You do that, you provide value, and people can stream to you instantaneously. Like, that, yeah. that's life-changing. You know, it's a question that's not asked often is, how much does, and there is an answer, I just mm-hmm. not never made it to that level. How much does YouTube take off their big top? Oh, sure, a good amount. A good amount, yeah. a good amount. And now it's like... We don't need you. Yeah, not only that, but like, why did we do it that way ever? Yeah. Like, it just starts to open up these things. I'm a very big proponent. Like, you know, I told people this in person too. I have other podcasting apps that I listen to. Mm. I'm not barred to listening to anything else. Right. But when I want to use Bitcoin native features, Bitcoin Audible is a good example of that. I love supporting guy all the time if I can. Right. Like, the, you know, TFTC, right? The popular ones that I actually think so, they're on there. They have their lightning nose set up and they're able to receive some sets. And to me, is. I'm not a braggadocious dude. I don't need to let you know that I care about your show. I'm just a podcaster that loves podcasting. And if you're good at it, yeah, man, let me just hit you up on the side without, you, without even making a fuss about it. Let me just keep this, the lights on, right? Let me keep this going because I want to keep hearing you for years to come. And I think Value for Value is a great proponent for that. The Adam Curry part of that story is just that. You need that like dude that was just ahead of it. That was just like, oh, well, I'm big in podcasting. What's next in podcasting? And when and he talks about this himself all the time, when he started to see the platform of ads, and all these other things start to pop up. Um, he start he started to be vocal about it. Like, yo, podcasters are selling themselves out. Podcasters are a lot more sort of like in the record industry. Mm-hmm. Musicians are way much more than these contracts. Like, you shouldn't just right. So Adam Curry was one of those dudes. That's why I bring him up. But without the developers, none of this stuff is possible because even some people that are listening here haven't really felt lightning, right? Like the, what it is, and they're still kind of figuring it out. Um, but it, it's magical And I, I think people like that Should be supporters So let's try to reach out to Oscar And see if he can come in Yes sir uh, And if not We'll just entertain it or whatever Get my phone here <clears throat> I'm one of those dudes That doesn't like Twitter to be signed in on his phone 
Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I'm sorry, on the, their computer. I On the yeah, phone, no. I have it because it's an app. Right, That's right, very right. weird, but. Yeah, I don't do much on my computer for those kind of same reasons. Like, I don't need, you know, Zoom logged in, signed in all the time. Like, let's cut that off. Um, you know, purposely no webcam on, on my laptop. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I just reached out to Oscar. Let's see if I cool. get Oscar in here. This is going to be uh, a pretty good talk. I'm actually excited for this talk um, because of that, because I, I, I'm, I've been early on it, and it's been hard to get people to understand what this is. Uh, plus, Oscar's a Bitcoiner, right? Like, uh, I'm, you know, the more I can find out about what makes somebody so passionate to, like, develop or write or do whatever in Bitcoin, that's interesting to me. He could have made an app about anything. He could have just made another one of those ad podcasting apps that has a $3 subscription model where you get whatever, some features and some perks, um, you know, for three bucks a month or whatever. And I believe Fountain is free. I didn't pay for Fountain. It's mm-hmm. a, just a podcasting app. It's just... It, just to stay in that ter- layer two podcast app. It's just the better way to do it. Um, and I don't need Visa involved. I don't need to put my credit card in for all the benefits of Bitcoin, plus all the benefits of Lightning on top of it. And a lot of people don't know podcasting, you know, we're very fortunate. It's extremely hard. It's time consuming. We're giving up our time to do this. Like somebody tried to tell me, I think it was a week ago, so that like it's in my incentive to show Bitcoin. Fam, like, it's cheaper if you don't get it, first of all. And second of all, like, I give up time. Like, I do Bitcoin all day. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it, this is just something that's just ingrained, and I'm willing to give up my time, as are you, because you're here with me and you're consistent with it. You even showed up sick last week. What's up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that that shows that, like, the incentive is not to put money in the pocket. The incentive is to change lives, is to give information and give education. Now you, on the other end, unbiasedly could just say, hey, I'll fuck with that. Here you go, sirs. Right. Or here you go, whatever. And how can you do that without Fountain apps and different types of apps uh, that are come? Breeze is another one, by the way. I don't, mm-hmm. This is not just, I use Fountain, but Breeze, like these other apps, it's just crazy, man. Um, this one's not, I think it's still getting love. I don't use it ever. Uh, I joined the Sphinx. Uh, uh, like I had I like, a, them. Yeah, like a tribe. And I thought that the idea of that was cool because that's like a party where everybody pays. So it's like you set up the room, your clout or your following comes there. But like people pay per messaging, people pay per post, right? You could do like hidden Easter eggs, like like it's a blurred out picture. You pay five stats, you unblur the picture. And I still think that's going on. And they were the very first one at the very bottom of that tribe. While you're talking to people, the podcast could be playing. So it's like they embedded that in there. And then is, you this, is this the metaverse for your fans? I just don't know. <laughs> I guess so. I just don't know if Sphinx caught on. Yeah. Like it's still. I had a talk with somebody the other day. I mean, it was mad hard for me to get a Sphinx tribe set up. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it was hard to get people to get into Sphinx to even be able to join. Has it gotten easier? Do you hear much people talking about Sphinx? I haven't seen it. I have the app still installed on my phone. And I'm in the Raspy Blitz group. And I'm in, uh, I think, the, the, a few groups. And I still get notifications. But the incentive for me to go in there is just... <laughs> I got so many different apps. Like, you know, you talk about the Telegram communities and stuff. It just mm-hmm. it just kind of runs out. Um, but what are you curious about this conversation with Oscar um, or podcasting or any or any other value for value stuff? Are you looking to get anything from Oscar? Yeah, we talked a little bit off air. I mean, we know, like, if this model can, you know, come about in podcasting, it's obviously coming to the music industry next. It's coming to, I want to see it come to filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like, imagine there's yeah. a movie that you love and you wanted to donate to the cast. You know what I mean? Like this, point, just, just the idea of like, okay, we consume podcasts, audiobook, um, a comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many things that we consume digitally where this idea just unlocks the idea that basically lightning can be used across all of this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Netflix, Amazon Prime, especially if you build things. it into the browser. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a game changer, man. Uh, especially with most people in the arts, like there's no W-2. It's like you're paid on contract. So, True. you know, to have consistent stream of sats while you're a podcaster and there's other things that you do, like it just, it helps, man. So, so, yeah, I, the next level that we're going into for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it and, it, you know, I'm just plugging stuff, but for no reason. So I, I watched, um, uh, we're fans of the older series. So we watched the new Dexter on Showtime. Yep. Um, and surprisingly enough, we, we've been kind of like wrapped into this uh, a Yellow Jackets. I think it's a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about during the Yellow, like after Dexter, because I thought it was a fantastic season. And into this, I was like, yeah, how can I, how can I show some love and some support to this? This is great television. And I may not mess with like 90% of that content because I don't. I just got the 30-day Showtime subscription. But like I got a lot of 
we got a lot of value out of watching those two series. Um, I don't even know if that's a word. All right, we got Oscar in the house. But we should be able to stream for sure. Oscar, what's up, brother? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Yeah, we hear you perfect, brother. What's going on, Oscar? How are hey, you? Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Oscar, uh, founder, creator, correct me if I'm wrong here, Oscar, of the Fountain app. Yeah, that's right. I, I appreciate Yeah, I just went on like a long 20-minute tangent about how like, I think I actually sent you this in a DM um, on how like developers such as yourself are like breaking down walls to creators like us to be able to get people to like be able to give us value without having to go through all the hurdles, you know, uh, of learning lightning. And I think that's incredible, man. But thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, happy to be here. And thanks for the kind words. Really appreciate that. Oscar, I think it's it's fair to start because this is a Bitcoin only show. I, I love to ask our guests what their Bitcoin story is. How did you get introduced to Bitcoin and uh, any other story that you think is relevant around that time? Yeah, sure. Um, I got introduced to Bitcoin quite early. I got quite lucky with that. However, at the time, I didn't really pay much attention. I think the only thing that I paid attention to was the person that actually told me about it. And I trusted them enough just to, you know, get a few very lucky, luckily. Uh, and then I forgot about it for years. Um, and it was really only in, uh, I think, end of 2016, 17, that I really uh, started paying attention properly came to understand it, uh, understand the true benefit of the monetary system and, and what it can do for the world. So yeah, it was a bit lucky in that sense, but um, it's really only since 2017 that I've been properly following the space. Um, and then was you know, was actually not planning to, you know, work in Bitcoin or, or work with Bitcoin technology. I didn't think I would do. My, my main passion was actually audio and podcasting, and it just so happened that they kind of came together really nicely like that. So, yeah, I feel really lucky to work uh, with both of these things that I'm super passionate about. Now, were you always a developer, or did the, the developer come just because you had a, a problem you wanted to solve and you saw it? Yeah, I was, uh, I've always been a developer. I haven't always worked as a developer, but I've always uh, written code. I, I, I studied engineering originally, and, yeah, so I've been... Got a little bit of experience there. How, how did how did the uh, the like did you always start at Bitcoin right off the bat, or did you do like Java apps before web apps? How, how did you make your bread and butter? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a, a, a bit of everything really. Um, web apps. Also spent a while. I had a I had a previous business working with uh, voice technology. So think Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, building building wow. apps for, for those platforms. So I did that for a while as well, which is all, all server stuff, really. This is going to be a random question, Oscar, but I, I must ask, does it, well, what we know about like microphones and all that stuff, did it morally feel good to work on those apps and those services? Or were you kind of like opposed to it? <laughs> so I, what I will say is the myth of, it is a myth that they're always listening. Um, okay. So they do, actually, they do actually have chips in them that will only turn on when they hear the the correct not only the correct sound but the correct word so they have like on device uh chips that will only set, start sending data once they hear a certain word so it, it didn't however um i think what, what i'm doing now is yeah a lot more uh like personally enjoyable for me nice now what was the first bitcoin jump in there like when when did bitcoin and development mash together did you create well, a wallet or no, so yeah, I'll explain the background which which led to Fountain. So please do. The, the the first thing that we wanted to really do with Fountain was not the Bitcoin aspect. The reason we're so passionate about podcasts is because we think there's no real better way to actually learn something. Because I'll tell you why. Because you're learning from people that are also learning themselves. So that the reason so many people actually have podcasts or create podcasts is because they get to chat to all of these amazing guests. They get to learn from the guests, guests, and they get to kind of follow their curiosity and follow their passions. And when you listen to a podcast, you get to sit along with that journey. So I've always loved podcasts. The problem I saw with them, though, is that there's just too much content. So I'll give you a couple of, of examples. Um, the first one is 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in my podcast feed every day, there's just too much content. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't listen to it all. It's probably, it, honestly, it's probably about 10 hours a day. And obviously, I can't just spend the whole day listening to podcasts. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I, I could, but I can't. Yeah. And so it's about how do you kind of get the best bits from all of that content without having to put in all of the time? Um, and that's why we created the clipping within Fountain as, as the first step. The second thing is the back catalog. So think of your favorite podcast. Don't know when you when you probably started listening to it, but probably when you started, there were already like hundreds of episodes in the back catalog. And so the clipping also gives you a way, a brand new user to, whether it's a podcast or a topic such as Bitcoin, can actually go back and sample it, again, without having to go through all of the hours. So uh, like take Bitcoin as a topic. How many hours have, have you guys, have, have I, have your audience spent listening to Bitcoin podcasts? I, I would guess probably in the hundreds. Yeah, and a, a, a brand new user to Bitcoin, it, are we expecting them to go back and repeat the same hundreds of hours? I, I would say that it's not possible to do that because there's already new content. There's already fresh uh, things to speak about in the Bitcoin space. So with Fountain, we, we set out to create a way to basically capture the best insights from podcasts, make them searchable, make them discoverable, make them shareable, allow you to put them into playlists, just to create a basically a shortcut to, to find the best insights. That's where we started, and it's still a big part of what we're doing. And then at the same time as we were just developing the initial version before we launched, we saw what the guys at Podcasting 2.0 were doing, Adam Curry, Dave Jones, you know, trying to preserve the open uh, standards of podcasting, but also like in develop new features for them. And one of the features that they put in the spec was the value for value block and the lightning payments. And, you know, I was already primed uh, for Bitcoin. You know, I was already really uh, a big believer in it. And so as, as soon as I saw that spec, I was like, this is this is yeah. what we're doing. We have to make this like core to the app because it just made perfect sense to me. So that's kind of how we arrived at this kind of dual uh, feature set of on the one hand, big believer in clipping and how we can, you know, surface these insights from podcasts, but then also, you know, giving podcasters uh, a new way to monetize, but also giving listeners the ability to connect with their favorite podcasters as well. So yeah, anyway, that's quite a long answer to your question, but I'll stop there. Makes perfect sense. No, yeah, it's incredible. Actually, like the, the reverse story of it, the fact that like whether Bitcoin was a part of it or not, Fountain was going to exist regardless. I think that's super cool, which I didn't expect coming into this conversation. And then, yeah, the 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 perfect timing. Uh, and I actually talked about it before you jumped on about Adam Curry and what they've been doing over there. Um, but yeah, just this this magical connection that you guys were able to make. Now, how long? I don't know if this question makes sense. How long did it take to implement the value for value feature into Fountain? Yeah, so um, it probably. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe it took about. Uh, three or four weeks to, to get it working. Um, I, I'll have to give a massive shout out to uh, Tim from this service called lnpay.co. Yep. Uh, they have a, a suite of amazing uh, Lightning APIs that make things much easier. Um, so yeah, if there's anyone listening, any developers that want to start building with Lightning, definitely go and check out lnpay because they have an amazing service. Uh, so yeah, that made it easier. Um, but yeah, it was probably probably about three or four weeks. Okay, Oscar, if you don't mind, walk me through, you know, and I've already done this, but I'd rather hear it from you step by step. I'm a new user. I hear about this value for value thing, and, and I want to stream, you know, talking in bits and sets. How does one go through this process from the beginning to end? And how do you make it easy? Yeah, great question. Um, so right now on Fountain, once you've downloaded the app and you have uh, created an account, you, we will create a custodial Lightning wallet for you within the Fountain app. And all you have to do is create an invoice within Fountain and then pay that invoice from your favorite Lightning uh, wallet. So my personal favorite is Blue Wallet. Um, so for me, all I have to do is one click in Fountain, generate invoice for the amount of sats that I want, and then I'll pay that in Blue Wallet and boom, you're ready to start supporting your favorite podcast. Um, so we think Magic. for anyone that's familiar with Lightning, that's great. 
the problem we have, which we, we haven't done a good enough job yet, and there's still a lot of UX challenges, is for, we, we want to have an amazing first experience for people that aren't familiar with Bitcoin or Lightning. Um, because a lot of people actually start using Fountain, not because of Bitcoin, but because they want to support their favorite podcast. And right now, it's, it's a little bit confusing for them. You know, they see the QR code, they see this is a lightning invoice. Now you have to go to a different app. Maybe you have to go to another app to actually get to the fiat on ramp. So there's a lot of challenges for your brand new users, but um, it's something we really want to solve. And also I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to bring a whole new audience to Bitcoin. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the big piece of that though is, is that like, even if I don't want to go through all those hurdles and not figure it out, Fountain still works, especially with the clipping feature, perfectly fine as a podcasting app. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, 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 you haven't built in Bitcoin into Fountain to the point where it breaks it if you don't use it or if you don't understand Bitcoin. And, and kudos to you guys. Kudos to the team. Killing it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right. So how, did Fountain start as just you by yourself? Did you have a small team with you? Give me a little bit of the life of Fountain as a team. Yeah. So the, the team right now, there's three of us. There's myself, my business partner, Nick, who looks after you know, marketing and, and talking to all the podcasters, trying to edu- educate them um, about value for value and how this is a great new way to interact with their audience. And then we also have uh, one developer working with us as well. So yeah, small team of three right now. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, I, I want to circle right back to that education part because when I first got on, um, you know, you know, Adam and David definitely helped me out and it was a little bit easy, but the information was hard to get to. So fast forward to what you guys are doing now to educate, like you said, podcasters and creators, because I'm sure we have a lot of podcasters and creators listening to the show. Um, how can you guys help them get set up and how do you frame value for value? Yeah, so great question. I think to start with how, like what is value for value and why should a podcaster or a, a creator care? I think that there's a couple of things here. I think one is that, you know, your content, my view is that you should put your content out there for free. Um, you know, good information deserves to be out there even for the people that can't afford to maybe pay for it. You know, if you have something valuable to share with the world or entertaining to share with the world, you should put it out there for free. And value for value is all about saying to your audience, you give me back based on how much value you think uh, you've received. So it's up to the actual consumer of that content to give back. And people often will think that's not going to work. I'm not going to actually um, get paid anything, but you'll be surprised. You know, we've had, we've had, uh, I think the record for the highest boost, which is like a tip on Fountain, um, is 502,000 sats. So nice. that that's one payment from one listener to one podcaster. Um, you know, I don't know what that is at today's price, probably like $250 or something, it's, but you know, you, that's a you, nice chunk. You can, you can get these and not, not everybody's going to pay you and that's okay. It doesn't matter. But if you, if you're providing value to people, um, if you ask them and a big part of this is actually asking on your show, Hey guys, if you want to support me, you know, stream me a few sats, send me a boost message. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, so yeah, that, that's value for value. Um, I maybe didn't explain it that succinctly. I would also encourage everybody to check out um, uh, Adam Curry and what he's doing because he really explains it uh, in, in a really great way. And then secondly, it's, so in terms of what we can do, so the really powerful thing about this technology is as a podcaster, you can do it all yourself. You can self-host if you want. All you need to do to get set up to receive sats on Fountain or any other podcasting 2.0 app is just put your public node address into your RSS feed and done, it works. Um, Fountain can help you though. So we have a service for podcasters as well where we can just help you get set up, create a wallet and also see all of the uh, data around that because that's the interesting thing. Um, The value in doing this for the podcaster and the listener is not just the sats. It's not just the financial value. It's actually the data that goes along with that. It's the feedback loop that is suddenly created because as a listener, as I'm listening, I can just straight from the player send a message and say, hey, really like this bit. That was the best show this month. Or, you know, I've got a question on this. 
creates a feedback loop. And also for the podcast there, you can see, okay, which episodes uh, brought in the most sats. Uh, maybe I should do more like that. You can see which users are supporting me over time so I can thank them and build up more of a community. So yeah, the, the data that goes along with this um, is just as powerful as the actual sats. Right. And the data belonging to you, right? Because you're not giving it up to like the Spotify's of the world to manipulate like we use Anchor right now, as a, as most people do, as a, as a, you know, as a host for for the website. But it's like I even argue sometimes that what they're clocking as metrics are accurate. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, I'm gonna have a little bit of understanding of how algorithms work. Uh, I'm a Spotify user. I, I get <clears throat> the power of being able to drown uh, content at your well-being and float up content that has paid you a little bit extra money to float up there. Like I see that playing out. So in this situation is, yeah, you're right. It's it's direct feedback to let me know, hey, you know, strike, uh, strike. Um, Spotify's not involved in this decision. Nobody wasn't involved in this decision. I just really like the show and I wanted to let you know it was dope. That's incredible, man. It's just- Exactly. It, and Go ahead. Exactly. And, you know, if as a podcaster, you know, not every podcaster is going to self-host their RSS feed and run their own bitcoin node um but if they want to that option is there so right. this system is completely open fountain doesn't control it um no other podcast app or host controls it it's full flexibility you can you can take your data wherever you want and that's i think really important yeah yeah and it swerves the t the trend that was happening in spotify where like the creator had to focus on like ad revenue and how to make money and how to like show things then actually focus on the product, like on talking, on doing these things. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it solved so many problems. Oscar, magical stuff. I reached out to Oscar in the DMs and I was like, this guy's gonna think I'm like a major creep, but you're just a massive podcast lover too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you, uh, ben had a question for you about the music industry, no? Yeah, um, so I mean, you, I, I, before you got on, I mentioned this to Jose where I said like, it's incredible that we have this value for value thing that goes on. Um, obviously, you have it covered for podcasts, but there are audiobooks, there are TV shows, movies, music, streaming. Uh, do you guys see Fountain moving to take on audiobooks or music or anything else? Yeah, it's a great question. I think in the short term, um, I don't just because I think I actually think this is one of the issues with the Spotify app in in the sense that. When I go to listen to music, I'm in a bit of a different uh, mindset, maybe, or a diff different headspace compared to when I go to listen to a podcast. And for me, those experiences are separate. So I think the technology of streaming value over lightning 100% should be applied to every every content medium, um, especially audio, so audiobooks and music. music. But I think I, for me, I think somebody else should take this technology and create a music app because it's a slightly different experience. You need a slightly different uh, setup. Having said that, we do have, um, you know, a podcast RSS feed is just a list of audio files. So we do actually have some albums that are within nice. Fountain that you can go and stream sats to uh, right now. I, I think. I think just off the top of my head, there's one by Abel Kirby. If you search Abel Kirby in Fountain, you'll find it. I was actually listening to it on Christmas morning this year, streaming some sats, just listening to music, and it Incredible. was great. So, yeah, I think it's 100% going to come to music too. So all they would uh, have I don't to know do if is, it will be Fountain. Yeah, all they would have to do is turn their album into an, basically an RSS feed and then load that into Fountain. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You can even do yeah. that for um, for chapters in a book. Yeah, so the, exactly. the infrastructure is there. The, yeah. the company would just have to focus on like the product itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, because I think I think um, as well um, a, a big you know our, a big focus of ours is like design and user experience. And yeah. we, we, I know we're not there yet. We've got so much more to do. But I think that really matters. And I think the design and user experience uh, concerns or considerations are slightly different for music compared to podcasts. So yeah, I do think they will be probably uh, different apps, but you never know. Yeah, but but it's definitely possible for sure. Yeah, interesting. Like I think about like Dorsey with, uh, with Tidal. I mean, they, they did that deal yeah. with Jay-Z, right? So you have it. How, you already have it. Yeah. You just got to have the, the, and then, you know, it took your your small team to, to incorporate Lightning in three weeks or a month. So I, I yeah I would like to think that these things are right around the corner. Um, 
you know, depending how deep you want it, do you worry about that as a business owner? Do you worry about the Dorseys of the world and the... I do, I have to admit, I do worry that Tidal will um, add lightning payments and add podcasts. They could do that for sure. Um, I think our job is just to create, um, to keep on adding new uh, features and do such a good job that um, the people that we onboard to Fountain that we have last year and we and we continue to do this year, that they you know stick with us even if one of those big players does decide to move. I think we've got some really exciting things coming this year that will that will help to that end. But yeah, I I do worry about Tidal specifically because obviously Jack is just such a uh, believer in Bitcoin too that you know it's a no-brainer for him. Obviously, uh, I, I worry less about Spotify or Apple just because I think Spotify it just kind of goes against their whole business strategy anyway. And Apple, I just don't see them doing it too quickly. But yeah, Tidal, yeah, it does worry me a bit. <laughs> Yeah, the, the big dogs that would destroy their ad revenue model, which is the, the exactly. big bread and butter. Yeah, that would flush exactly. it out the window. Yeah, I'm interested to see what's going on. I always, and we talked about it before you jumped on, and this is actually why I invited you on, is because we want to champion the, you know, the, the the small guy, the guy who actually was, you you and team foreshadowed that this was actually a thing that collided. You made it happen. So I'm not really impressed with what Dorsey can do with his wallet and what he can pave for happen. I'm more impressed with what you know the average person could come and do. Um, because I set up my node um, November 2020 and damn it wasn't until I found Fountain maybe six months ago shout out to Carr who put me onto Fountain um, that I didn't say holy shit somebody finally figured out how the average person can get me some sets like I don't have to before it was like well what's lightning what's sets how do I send them to you you need a node huh Raspberry Pi. Right, right, Raspberry Pi. Four gigs of it, right? So, like, and now it's like, I say it at the end of every show. I'm probably going to say it at the end of this show. It's like, hey, check out Fountain App and go listen to us there. The, the app itself is going to want you to stream some stats. It's just inviting. It's easy. It's friendly. I'm excited for what you guys are going to do UI-wise because I, I agree. The UI plays a big part in the experience. Is there, Amazing, is there any? Thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just appreciate all the kind words. Really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's big. I mean, most people don't want to, you know, outspeak about the problem that you solve for others. And then the thing is, you did it unselfishly. You're just a podcaster that understands the value. But for the guys, the creators like us that were figuring out like, well, what the hell? What the hell? This is never going to work because nobody's ever going to want to set up a node and do all the stuff we just discussed. So I, I think it's magical. Is there a time frame for, you know, UI changes to Fountain or, or what's next for Fountain overall? Do you know? Can you give us a little sign? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there's a few things. Number one is we uh, just want to get to feature parity to the other apps. So, you know, we, we've onboarded a lot of users in the past month, a uh, couple of months. And we just want to make sure that no matter which app you've come from, we're doing everything that you expect and anything that you think is missing, we will build for you. So yeah, we've got a whole bunch of features like that. Like a, a, an example would be CarPlay support. Like we, we've almost got that ready. A lot of people obviously listen while they drive. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the second thing is we just want to build more social features into Fountain so that, that in particular with the clipping, just make it easier to, you know, discover great clips, discover clips from the people you follow, but also just discover clips um, from, you know, shows you follow that you might not have gone back into the back catalog as I talked about before. So yeah, a lot around clipping. Um, and then w what we'd love to do as well, um, but this one's still a little bit less clear is we just want to make it so easy for your brand new user that doesn't know about Bitcoin or Lightning to actually get sats into their wallet. Um, that's a big one. We've got a few ideas around that too. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I think, the holy grail for us because, uh, yeah, it's the biggest UX challenge right now. I love the idea of clipping, um, even from like a book perspective where they have uh, services that will take a book and turn it into like a 15-minute summary because there are so many books and people are so busy. So like, yeah, yeah. That, that's a service that's just tried and true and it works because time is limited. Uh, so to be able to do that on a podcast perspective to give you know, the average listener, the place to go to on the clipping. Um, and then on the other end, if you're the creator to have that data point, it's like, it's brilliant and it serves everyone equally well. Like there's an incentive for everyone there. So brilliant on the clipping end. Um, I look forward to, you know, Fountain and, and the innovation you guys keep on with because it's you're ahead of the curve right now. 
Great. Oscar, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. What's up with Jack Mollis and Strike using uh, shit coins to, in the Argentina Strike app? What's going on here, brother? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> We're going to heat this up. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, ha I haven't looked into it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, what Strike are doing, I'm a massive believer in, but I, ha I haven't seen the details of the Argentina rollout. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure about that. I kind of kind of dodge the question in that way if that's all right <laughs> nah, that's perfectly fine i don't know much about it either it's just like i don't like hearing yeah. you know jack Mahler's and ethereum in the same sentence well there's that and then there's the whole oh i sent bitcoin into strike and it's not instantaneous but every time we look up you're on seeing you know whatever news station and you're talking about rails and instantaneous it's like let's make it that way all around yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how it plays out let me let me play the scenario off oscar real quick you let me know what you expect what, what you expect not only as a Bitcoin user, but as somebody who develops in Bitcoin, what do you expect to happen? So I get Bitcoin from one wallet. I send Bitcoin to a different wallet. What do you expect to happen there? You receive the Bitcoin. In what time frame? Um, you would, re well, you should get a, a, a notification straight away that you have a unconfirmed transaction. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'd have to wait for the confirmations, but you should get it, you know, within within the hour for sure, confirmed. All right. All right, so I don't know if this might disappoint you in that. So we're talking about Strike. I sent Bitcoin from an address to a different Bitcoin address. I wasn't able to use those funds for three days. I, I don't I don't know what's happening. I, I think what's ha what happened was is they automatically decided to convert it into fiat, which then I guess I understand that you need like a banking partner to make that happen. Yeah. But I sent it to a Bitcoin address. I didn't want fiat. That's the whole point of a Bitcoin address. So um, that's not to continue to pick on them. But I, it, it, this is what's happening. And then you, you know, you scroll through your Twitter, and then you see Argentina's rollout, and it's like they're using stablecoin wrapped in Ethereum. Uh, some users are complaining that they can't even receive Bitcoin on the app. And this is like—is this the same Jack who was on in, in mm -hmm. Miami last year? It's mm -hmm. Like Orange pulling a whole nation. All right. I don't know about it. I'm going to swear about it like Oscar did, right? Because I don't know much about yeah. it. But it's just a shame. You don't like imagine waking up tomorrow and hearing like Michael Saylor and, you know, just bought Ethereum. Wrapped Ethereum. You Wrapped might, Bitcoin and Ethereum. It might it might mess with you. It's just one of those things. But anyways, um just before I we we sign off here, Oscar. Um Jack Dorsey pulling money, um, I'm sure there's a bunch of people um to cover developer lawyer fees. Um, I don't know if you've ever had any, you know, altercations in your space, in the space of Bitcoin space where you've been threatened with anything legal or anything. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I love it. I think it's such a great idea. I think that one of the, you know, biggest frustrations of mine is the regulatory burden that everybody faces. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like we're a podcast app. We should not ever have to KYC our users to use a podcast app. That's crazy. However, in many jurisdictions, that is what we may have to do. Really? How crazy is that? That is nuts. Yeah. So and I think I think but, that these these kind of the, these kind of organizations that can you know whether it's lobbying, whether it's providing funding, or whether it's just providing education about. Um, you know this new technology and how it works i think it's it's really really needed because you know we don't have the resources to uh you know fight that battle in multiple jurisdictions around the world we can't do that um and there's you know hundreds of other developers out there that are in the same position so we do need these um yeah these organizations that to help us do that because yeah the, a lot of these regulations are uh designed for the legacy financial system um, and they just don't apply to to Bitcoin in the sense that you know cu custodying funds and they just they just don't apply. They need they need completely rewriting in my view, um, and it, it's going to be really difficult to make that happen. But I I do think those kind of organisations will be beneficial. I think it's brilliant. You have developers who are stepping away from Bitcoin developing because of these things because they don't want to get wrapped in a lawsuit. A B, you have people who are avoiding getting into it or maybe doing something more creative within it because they're scared of getting wrapped up in. And then you have someone like yourself who has Fountain and you might be scared to innovate or move your business in a certain direction because of potential KYC or litigation. 
And it's just like to have a big legal fund to just take care of stuff so people can innovate and create. I think it's, it's threefold, like brilliant. So and hopefully sets a trend for other people to do the same, right? Absolutely. Like we can't just have Dorsey be the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was super big as a developer. I just wanted to bring that up here. Um, that's all I got for Oscar. You got anything for Oscar, Ben? Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about, you know, moving Fountain in the direction of, say, albums or, you know, whatever other form of media. Uh, I loved your answer. You're like, no, I'm, we're, we're doing what we're doing, podcasting. If you want to load an album, you can do it. The RSS feed is there, but we're focused on customer experience, and I, I think it's amazing to see this roll out, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Been a big fan of anything you've been doing, Oscar, uh, and, and team. I, 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 you know, I know a team is very important here. Uh, and just, you know, as a creator, the opportunities you've been able to open up for me with, you know, simplicity to the onboarding to lightning and stuff. It's all fascinating. Plus, you're what I grab what I grabbed out of this conversation, which is really dope is, you know, your passion for podcasting, your passion for the platform and understanding that, like you said, this is, if not the only way left, one of the only few ways left to be able to verbally express yourself and be able to say the things you want to do without being centered. So huge shout out to you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show, Oscar. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, so in the in the, uh, in the the vein of this great episode, we're not going to give all the other calls to actions uh, because in, in the vein of value for value, they're all pointless. You know where to find us on all platforms, but the real call to action here is go download Fountain app. Go check it out. Go stream the podcast and sats. Let us know how much value you're getting from this podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, keep it moving. Yes, sir. Episode, episode 50. 50. Appreciate y'all. Later. opinions expressed by Jose and Ben or any of the guests on this show are solely their opinion and their opinion alone. Their opinions do not reflect the opinions of any other sponsors or other parties involved in the recording of this show. Do not treat any opinion expressed by Jose and Ben as a specific endorsement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. Their expressions of their opinion on this show is purely for informational purposes.